Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist has dedicated his career to fixing problems and getting things done. He received his first computer at age five and setting up a computer lab in the Community Recreation Center using computers he built himself at age 16. He went on to study computer engineering and computer science at University of Michigan, graduating with honors, and later had a successful career as a software engineer at Microsoft. During his time in Seattle, he served as social media manager for the 2008 Obama campaign in Washington. He later served as the first director of new media at the Center for Community Change in Washington, D.C., and spent three years as national campaign director at MoveOn.org. This experience eventually led to his serving as the first ever director of innovation and emerging technology for the city of Detroit. We use public data and technology to address everyday concerns, including an after-report issues such as broken fire hydrants, potholes, and broken streetlights. So his ability to harness technology to solve problems is going to play a critical role in finding solutions to improve the lives of people across the state in his role as lieutenant governor. Uh, he and his wife, Ellen, are the parents of twins, Garland III and Emily Grace, who I understand share a birthday with you. They do. Oh. So please join me in walking around lieutenant governor. By far the most difficult part of this job is standing here and listening to somebody read your bio. Just thank you, Jane. Thank you to the West Coast Chamber for having us have the second interaction in two weeks. Um, it's, it's really good. I really had a good time meeting so many of the people in the leadership program in Lansing. And, but it's always better to see somebody at home. You know, when you buy somebody into your house, that's a much more intimate thing. It's much uh, more clear demonstration of the relationship that you want to build. And I can say, you know, full-throatedly that um, Governor Whitmer and I want to be in relationship um, with the representatives, both the, the businesses, the members, and the communities represented by this chamber, because we believe that the work that you do, the relationship that you have, the resources that you're able to bring to bear are important to the prosperity of this region and the entire state of Michigan. So I want to thank you for your hospitality and welcoming me here today. I want to recognize my colleague, uh, Senator Victory, and just uh, thank him for, uh, you know, again, also being part of the host committee here for this event. Um, and I, I, I say that because in order for us to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish collectively, we have to find ways to work together. We have so many big and important things to do um, that the only way that we are successful collectively is if we are all successful in finding ways to work together. And I'm very confident we'll do that with the Senator. Um, you know, today, really, this is about uh, listening and experiencing and exploring for, for me and my team as we come here to Holland. As Jane indicated, like, this is my first trip to Holland. And I've already been given at least 10 reasons that I'm supposed to come back <laughs> with my children, including my, so my, my wife is, is carrying our third child right now, and she's due in June, which I think is like right around the Tulip Festival. Mm -hmm. So the first month. Uh, first week of May. First week of May? Okay, yes. We don't miss, so you no. got time. You got time? Yeah. <laughs> we got hospitals. She's still making it. The marriage said they have a fantastic hospital. Oh, yeah. Yes. The atmosphere. You're well, in so good hands. All good. All good. All good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, um, yeah, but this is about sort of really gaining exposure. So since the state of the state, the governor and I have been going to as many communities as we humanly possibly can to meet people where they are and hear about all the amazing things that people are doing in local communities to enable the economy, enable prosperity, enable education all across the state of Michigan. 
And our intention with that tour is to find a way to, to, to understand what we can model, what we can learn from, what we can replicate, what we can scale up in the state of Michigan. You know, we've announced a couple of important programs that I think are relevant to, to this group around pathways to opportunity for people in the state of Michigan so the state can truly be what we call a home for opportunity. One of those is the My Opportunity Scholarship Program, which will enable people who are you know, finishing high school, if you want to go to a four-year institution, this will help you pay for the cost of the first two years of that four-year education. If you want to achieve an associate's degree um, or go to a community college to earn a degree, uh, this will help you um, by having that degree be earned debt-free. If you want to gain a certification, um, some sort of training, or some credential after you graduate from high school, this opportunity scholarship program would help you earn that credential debt-free. We set a really aggressive goal to make it so that 60% of people in the state of Michigan will have some sort of credential or degree or something after they graduate from high school. Because we know that as our economy evolves and as the jobs that exist today and that will exist tomorrow will require these more advanced credentials as technology changes, as the different industries emerge that we don't even know about right now, but we know that people need training and certification and education to be ready to take those jobs. And we're trying to create pathways to that um, with this My Opportunity program. What's a program called Michigan Reconnect, which is about making sure that people who may be at a different point in their career, maybe perhaps considering a second act, if you will, will be able to have access to training so they want to go in a different direction. Because sometimes if you want to make a change, you may not be equipped to do that. Um, so we want to make sure there's a pathway that's successful for people to be able to do it in an affordable way. So all this is about creating opportunity. But that is, I would think of it as really sort of the first chapter of a two-chapter story. So we want to help people have a pathway to preparing for opportunity. But really, the opportunity is created by people like you. The opportunity, the innovation, the, the businesses, the, the, the organizations, the institutions, the programs, you are looking, you are basically the supply, and we're trying to give you people to fill the demand. And so it's really, um, I want to be here to learn and, and be in relationship with you to understand all the great things that you're doing, um, all the, the things that you need from people in Michigan to be ready to come work with you, to come help you realize your vision, help them be a part of it, then also for you to then inspire them to work toward their own visions. I'm the beneficiary of, of those types of programs. When I was a kid in high school and in middle school, being exposed to business leaders, being exposed to career pathways in engineering, I got to job shadow a software developer when I was in the 11th grade to really open up this idea that this was a career that could work for me. All of you have the capacity to be able to provide those kinds of experiences, not just for young people, but also for professionals who are looking for a different change in their career. And so as you are innovating and growing your own enterprises, I would encourage you to think bigger and more boldly about how you can pull new people into that enterprise, how you can create more pathways and on-ramps so that people can come in and work with you and then perhaps be inspired to then work alongside you to create peer organizations and institutions that can go on and do great things in this community and beyond. And if we can work together and make all of those things possible, not only will this be a true a state that is a true home for opportunity, but it's a state where we all can thrive. So that those five-year-old twins that I talked about, who, when they come of age, if we lay the right foundation, they will feel like they can be whomever they want to be in Michigan. They can be the professionals or the entrepreneurs or the artists or the, the dancers or the pilots and, or whatever they want to be that can be possible for them in Michigan. And then maybe they don't move away from nine years like I did. But they'll know they can be where they want to be right here. 
So I want to thank you for welcoming me today. I look forward to working with you. Um, please, please, please email Poppy a lot. <laughs> because she's in, she, is our, she is our point person here in West Michigan. And she, um, she will be the, the, the front door to working with this administration um, in terms of whatever your needs are, whether it's on policy, whether it's on program. Um, um, she, it, through, through her, you will be our partner. So just thank you for that. And I would be happy to take any questions that you may have. Questions? <clears throat> That's the first question. Yes, please. So um, it's very exciting to hear what you have to share about the different opportunities and how you're talking about, especially especially um, students coming out of um, high school. But one of the things that I'm, I'd be curious to see what the administration is going to do for students, or I should say children, families, ages zero to five, to even get them ready mm -hmm. to be able to take those opportunities that you're talking about. Yes. Um, because we know you have the Great Start Readiness Program, we know there's other things to support families, but one of the things in our community for two things, one is families even being able to take on their children being able to go to preschool because they can't necessarily afford it or it doesn't fit within how their family functions necessarily. So I'd be interested to hear how you, the administration is looking to expand into that and to support our families so that they can continue to grow themselves, so they can continue to provide those opportunities for their children as well. Yeah. So one of the core challenges I think that raises the fact that like childcare is expensive. I don't know how many of y'all have little kids. <laughs> childcare is expensive, like prohibitively expensive. There's too many families that often, especially if you're talking about more than one child being in childcare at the same time, like you're really having a conversation about like whether everyone in your household should work rather than stay at home and take care of your kids. So um, that that is a barrier for a lot of people, a barrier to opportunity. That is one of the reasons why the governor and I do have as a vision wanting to get the state of Michigan to a place where everyone has access to universal pre-K education and learning. Um, that's going to take some work to get there to understand that pathway, but as a value, we want everyone to have access. We don't want um, children to have a barrier to getting a strong foundation for for literacy, a very strong foundation for numeracy. These are the, these sort of core skills um, are are really critical to them being successful. So we want to we're going to be building toward a path for that, but as a value, we want everyone to have access to high quality, you know, pre-K um, experiences. So we want to do that. Thank you. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Looking at the governor's proposal uh, with access to higher ed uh, for our students, we have to understand that Ottawa County is the largest metropolitan area in the state that does not have a community college. So what's, what's the plan to help uh, narrow that gap? So I can't speak specifically to Ottawa County getting a community college, but um, I'm looking out the window at an institution of higher learning, for example, and there are many types of programs that even they may not be a formal college, but do offer what I talk about in terms of certification and training, especially when we talk about technical training. And so one of the things that we want to do, we don't want to necessarily discriminate against those credentialing opportunities and want to make sure that people can get what they need to go in the direction they want to for their career. So yes, in, in communities that do have community college infrastructure, um, that is a tool to use, and I've visited some of those today. Um, but we want to make sure that people have an access to that credential is what we care about um, more so than just a degree. That's what we're not thinking about in such a narrow fashion. Okay. <clears throat> So I know roads was a main focus of the governor's, um, I heard, yeah. which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I commend, and definitely we need the resources, but we also have an electorate who wouldn't vote for an increase, you know, in the gas tax to make it happen. So how do how do we get to the point where we have the revenue to actually be able to invest in our roads and make them as good as Ohio's, if not better, or Indiana? <laughs> well, we want to talk about competition with Ohio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that, um, I mean, we need to have real conversations about how we can make our infrastructure work Um, We all agree that we have some significant challenges and that, you know, there have been some attempts to address that and we think we need to go farther. And so, you know, our budget is going to be introduced in a couple of weeks, like two weeks, um, where we're going to be laying out some really concrete um, proposals for how that can work. And then we're going to be working with our friends in the legislature to reach consensus about how to go forward. Um, but yeah, we're going to need significant investment in our infrastructure to, yes, fix the roads, but there is a lot of infrastructure that needs work. We get water infrastructure that needs work. You know, um, we care about connecting everybody in the state of Michigan to the internet. Like right now, that's not true. But how do we create enabling infrastructure like that? Um, and we need to make investments and choices to do it. And so that's what this budget process is going to be all about. And we think that it's going to be a, a productive one. So continue that. Ottawa County and Monroe County just canceled the contracts with MDOT to maintain the state roads and the counties. I, I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but if your office wants a great place to know what's happening, uh, when the boots hit the ground, come visit Ottawa County Road Commission. I appreciate that. Because we are, uh, we are uh, <laughs> negotiating with them and uh, with MDOT, but there's some issues. Okay, well I'd like to hear more about them, so yeah. we'll follow up to hear more about them. How do I, how do I get you involved? <laughs> <laughs> On a similar note, to continue the road discussion, uh, there was just uh, last evening there was a, an extended piece on uh, one of the West Michigan television networks. The fact that uh, whatever Michigan is able to put in at state level, what you and the state legislature can negotiate is going to, in truth, fall far short of the total dollars needed to truly fix Michigan's roads, and it's gonna to have to involve local municipalities and perhaps local taxes and, and all of that. And so, is there any insight that you can share in terms of how this, this really massive problem is gonna be tackled? Because state dollars alone are not gonna fix it from what I understand. So, well, to be clear, we have to also recognize that this is not like a new problem. So, so therefore, the idea that, that like in a single budget, we're going to magically um, deal with a 30-year under un, underinvestment sure. um, is not realistic. I, I don't wanna negotiate against ourselves here though and say that whatever we come to, come to agreement with, who knows? We could come to a magic agreement. That would be great. But I think that what's important is everyone's going to need to be at the table. Um, so yes, there, there are state conversation, or federal conversation about funding, um, but all of our stakeholders, we are all stakeholders in our roads and our infrastructure. So therefore, we all need to be willing to come to the table and put something forward so we can reach a solution that actually deals with the problem. Solutions that are not at the scale of the problem are by definition inadequate solutions. 
right? So we need to be honest about that. And that's not an easy conversation to have, but I think that we are mature enough to have a difficult conversation because we need to lay the foundation for the future. We have to do that. And we can get on a path to that um, starting now. I mean, it's gonna take a long time for us to get there, but I think we can. I do believe that. Yeah, I kind of have a two-part question. Um, some of the things we talked about so far have been things here at home in Michigan um, that we want to address. But I'm wondering, from a regional perspective, how you see um, the governor's office and Michigan's role play out, both in protecting the Great Lakes themselves, but then also in um, ongoing trade discussions, especially since we have such a volume of international trade that goes through Michigan and our neighbor to the, all around us there, Canada. So. So regionally, um, the, I mean, obviously the Great Lakes being our great jewel, um, we care very deeply about working with our, our, our uh, brother and sister states to be able to make sure they're, they're maintained, um, they're well taken care of. Um, we have very strong relationships with the, with the executive offices in those states. Um, actually, it's interesting, there are um, our freshman governors and lieutenant governors in several states um, who've already been in conversation, like in uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, and us, and we're gonna be working together on a number of things. Um, so that certainly is something that's important to us because, you know, the reason that we have, for example, um, moved to create a Department of um, Great Lakes Energy is because Environmental <coughs> Energy is because we want to make sure there is a a home for the expertise and a home for the ideas about how to best manage that very precious resource. Um, so that's important to us. I mean, on trade, like it's one of our state's biggest assets. Um, we want to make sure that we can deal in a very complicated national environment um, in terms of what's happening with, with trades and with tariffs and stuff like that. We've heard from our, our businesses, especially our manufacturers, that's almost some of the, the hardships that's been created at the federal level. But we also know that those subnational relationships are very important with other countries. That's why uh, we're continuing to be in, in very strong communication and partnership with Canada on a number of levels. Um, you know, I participate in conversations and we're having ongoing conversations with the subnational uh, relationships that have been built between the state of Michigan and different parts of China that were started in the last administration are very healthy. We want to continue to make those investments in those relationships. That's going to be true in other parts of the world as well. So we certainly want to continue to be aggressive um, in that because Michigan is a great place to do business. And we want that to be true. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, please. Hi, I'm Penny Shuff, second act. Um, I, we, and this, we have a really great tradition on this side of the state. I'm from the east side of the state um, in the Detroit originally. But we have a really great like um, tradition where the private sector works really closely with, with what we would tra say traditional public sector entities. And I'm wondering, I love the idea back to job training, the, of the reconnect um, for Second Act, but in, there's great things like uh, Michigan Works and you know other public entities that are set up for job training, but I'm wondering if I could get some advice on how as a private um, sector, you know, I just started this business and I'm an entrepreneur and I, I'm up against some things that are just roadblocks in terms of, well, you're, you know, in the private sector, so you, you know, you were sending clients to places like Michigan Works to try to find employment. So I'm working on the demands. I'm looking for employers that will hire a great um, group of people, engineers, credentialed um, people that are looking for their second act. So I'm wondering if you could give me some advice on how to bridge that gap where it's great to have these other resources, but as a person who just has a startup company, how do you suggest I maneuver the landscape? If there's so one, I want you to definitely um, follow up for some of the specifics of your situation yeah. with Bobby, but I would say broadly, um, it's our posture to want to partner. And so we have um, our public infrastructure, if you will, that's mm -hmm. dealing with workforce development or, or other sorts of opportunities. Um, but I don't believe that that necessarily meets all of the demand. 
all right. types of demand, mm -hmm. right? So, so I think we need to have a very rich tapestry uh, of people and organizations and partners that are coming together to, to meet the demand um, in its fullest form, and we're going to need partnerships for that. Is there so, somebody in the Whitmer administration that, in terms of economic development that you think I should? So what I, I want you to, I want you to start with Poppy. Okay, sure. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're remaining tomorrow. Because because talent is such a. I mean, every time I'm in these rooms, everyone's yeah. always saying, you know, the talent is the demand for talent is so huge and I'm yeah. going okay well I got some let's talk yeah. yeah I hear that so what I think in terms of where you may land specifically like you know maybe that may be someone with Michigan work that may be with going pro that may be someplace in MEDC like okay. it could be in a number of places it could be in talent economic development well, I, I appreciate sure. Poppy will be my but um there are a number of resources but what I would say is we are interested in finding ways to partner so that we can really meet the demand fully as a collective um, the, the state, the public entity, does not have to necessarily be all the demand directly. We can work with others to do that. Okay. Yes, please. I love the posture of partnership. I love that. Um, one thing that I would ask, uh, going back to roads for a moment, um, whether it be historically Act 51 formulas or maybe revenue sharing, which is important to a municipality like my own, um, I would ask that historically some of those formulas might have a component in them where they almost harm historic partners in a way where if there was a contribution that was made by a local or a local partnership that almost counts against then taking a look at state infusion of money. Um, and I would ask, and I'll echo that with the senator too, that in those conversations, if you take a look at um, revenue for roads, that there isn't somehow a penalty for entities that have brought local money to the table. Okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Do you mind, could I respond, please? Uh, our bridge repair program, <clears throat> that's something I think we need to address because I believe we could leverage some additional uh, local funds because our bridges are in great disrepair. I'm sure your administration's yep. right on that. We had some discussion with the department. Yep. And uh, if those communities that can leverage some additional local dollars, can we escalate that on a higher priority in the, in the formulas and addressing some of these bridges? So I know that is part of the conversation, and I think that's something we can have a, a good bipartisan sure. discussion going that's forward. That's good. Thank you. Absolutely. We can take one more question just because we want to be mindful of time and we want to give you the opportunity to just take a couple of minutes to be able to talk with the lieutenant governor without everyone looking at you. <laughs> one more question. I mean, that's just, you know, the facts. Um, and then we'll wrap. Um, it's not so much a question, but a, um, keep pushing on it. Um, keep focusing on literacy in Michigan. Keep focusing on literacy in Michigan. We are so far behind, especially I think we're 49th in the country for African-American boys in this state. Um, we are so far behind. You just, I, mean, I think what I'm hearing from your administration is that your focus is still there, but don't throw out some good policies for other things, so that's just my please keep focusing on literacy it. is very is very key to us, and whether it's um, sort of helping districts expand their literacy coaching programs and, and other sorts of things, they're really really important. So I appreciate you like that. Thank you. Thank you very much Thank for being you. with us today. I want to commemorate your visit. Um, this is a tradition in Holland. We have these beautiful State of Michigan cutting boards with Holland marked here. But I want to acknowledge uh, Sentoani and Ed Denave's company that manufactures these just right up the street. So enjoy and help you make your way back to Holland. So <laughs> Thank you.